You're listening to Collaboration Code Radio, where we bring together the technology and coding community. I'm your host, Chelsea Kaufman, CEO and co-founder of Learn Academy, and I am really excited to have our two guests here today, uh, two people that I've known for almost four years now, or four years now, Yeah. Um, Emma and Jenny. Uh, they are both from our 2015 Charlie cohort, uh, where they came through to learn how to be software engineers and now successfully been uh, engineers for almost four years. Congratulations. Thank you. We're so <laughs> excited to be chatting with you today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again for, for being here and hanging out. Um, I think that I am particularly excited to talk to the two of you because uh, you were there when we first started, like when we were in this teeny tiny little room in this little space with like scrappy staff and like running around doing everything we could to like make sure that the class was running well and you're getting what you needed out of it. And I think that your dedication to the community and to learn over the last few years has been amazing. And so I want to thank you for that. Uh, we'll probably continue to thank you uh, <laughs> over the next hour as we talk. But um, I, yes, I'm really proud of both of you and what you've done and where you've gone. So thanks. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. So uh, the exciting thing, you guys are both in the same class. You now both work for the same company, yes. uh, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, but you're both software engineers at Gap Intelligence. Yeah. Uh, which is a market research firm based here in San Diego, locations in Liberty Station, uh, which has lots of great things going on, which we also will talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> so again, welcome Jenny, Emma, Collaboration Code Radio. Um, so as we get started, uh, how are things going? You're working full time, you're engineers every day, coding, doing what you dream to do or set out to dream to do. Yeah, things are great. It's um, it's really, really good to be a software engineer. Um, I think I didn't really understand um, what the career path looked like when I decided to go to code school. Um, but I have to say that like going to learn and getting into software was like the best decision I ever made. Yeah, That's great. And things have been great for me too, especially now that I get to work with Emma, which is a pretty new <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, it's so nice. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and I can't believe it's been four years. It's just flown by. Um, not to say it's been easy, <laughs> um, but I feel like I've landed in a really great company, which was you know, one of the aspirations for this whole career path. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, because you've been with Gap Intelligence for two years now? And in three months, it'll be two years. Oh, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. And and Emma, you just started with them. Yep, I started just over a month ago. Great, cool, congratulations. Uh, and I'm excited about uh, to hear more about Gap Intelligence and what's going on there also. Um, but you guys, you were both in the same class uh, back in 2015. Uh, and that, like I said, that took place in our original location in North Park uh, in this like weird one way street, um, right, right <laughs> where we would sometimes see cars driving down the street going the wrong way um, and we would try and stop them. But, you know, you, you <laughs> could only do so much. Ah, the good old days. Yes. <laughs> the good old days. Um, but I, I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about like your experience there and it being really early on. I mean, things that learn have you know, changed a lot in four years mm -hmm. as they should. Um, but I 
really interested in hearing about your experience in that space and then with an organization that was so new and small and scrappy. And it didn't feel new to me, honestly. I mean, maybe we were the second cohort or the third. So the third, third cohort. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe by the time we got there, things had been really figured out. And you probably remember <laughs> it differently than we do, but we didn't have anything to compare it to. Sure. And I, I, don't, I remember that space very fondly. I've been to the new space, and I can definitely see there's been upgrades, but... Uh, the old space was perfect um, for what we did and it was set up perfectly for pairing and collaboration and teamwork and there was a very homey comfortable space on the couches um, where we'd listen to Alan lecture and you know present our projects to the class I had a great experience there every time I think about it my heart warms up (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's important to remember that four years ago boot camps in general were relatively new. Um, the the heyday of all of the schools opening was just kind of starting to begin. And in San Diego, I remember when I interviewed, there were two schools. There was Learn, which was starting its third cohort, and the other school I interviewed would have been starting its first. Um, and for me, the decision came down to um, the, the tech stock, which was Rails, which is what I decided I wanted to be learning. Um, but then also just honestly, the integrity that you had when you interviewed me initially. Um, I felt really, really good about the leadership at Learn. Um, and throughout my whole experience, I always felt supported and I always felt like um, the Learn community was a place for me to continue to thrive and that I wasn't going to be like released out to the world like with <laughs> no support like I was from college. Um, so that like that really made me want to attend Learn. And you know, that's been my experience ever since. That's awesome. Uh, one thing I remember in particular with your class is, and I think still is, obviously, since you are now working together, is the camaraderie that came. It is still one of the classes that I think still connects with each other and is still a big part of each other's lives. Can yeah. you guys talk about that experience? Yeah, we were all really close. How many were in our class? 21, 22? I think. Yeah. We lost. Yeah, I think it was 22 in the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I always thought every class was like that. So it's interesting to hear. I mean, we certainly felt special. Um, <laughs> we had such... At every class is special. I mean, okay, we I'm were, sure. But I'm we sure. really were. <laughs> we really were. No, I, I, I mean, I don't know so much about the other classes, but we, we had people from all walks of life. I mean, there was um, students right af- out of college. There was um, pretty dramatic career changes. Um, you know, some that were you know, somewhat IT related, and then we, others where they were a farmer. You know, it, it was, we had so much to offer and so much to learn from each other. And I think boot camp <laughs> grads tend to be more, you know, sometimes more outgoing people. And we definitely had an outgoing, fun social group. Um, and we've done good at staying in touch. We used to have reunions a couple times a year. I think we're due one. Yeah, we'll have to reach out to everybody (laughs) after this. Yes. But I also think like there were a couple of people in particular in our class um, that made a point of being being vulnerable. Um, There was one guy in particular who was like, you know, a lot of this doesn't make sense to me. So I'm just gonna like put myself out there and ask the question. And, you know, we were all really grateful to him for that because um, he wasn't afraid of making a fool of himself. And like, he wasn't making a fool 
of himself by asking questions. But, right. you know, as an adult, I think going back into school, it's a very uh, challenging space to be in. It's hard to be a learner as an adult. And it takes a lot of like um, humbling yourself to do this thing that's really hard. Um, and so I'll always be grateful to him because he kind of showed us all like it's OK to um, ask the hard questions and like slow the teacher down when things don't make sense. Um, and he also really encouraged us to be social. Like he was Absolutely. one of the driving factors in us going to happy hour after class and um, really getting to know each other like outside of the context of the classroom. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I think in general, the education system grooms us that uh, admitting that you don't know something is a really bad thing and not something that you want to do. And I think that in software development in general that you have to be able to do that. And so it's not just a, a valuable tool in the education system, but also in the workplace yeah. to be able to say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And understand the different steps to figure out to get to a place of knowledge. Absolutely. But the, the that's great to have that kind of environment where you're able to be vulnerable, I think is so important. It was good though. I mean, I think Alan, he was our instructor at the time. He made a point to not just feed us answers um, because that's not going to happen. I mean, right. you should communicate and be honest and say that you don't know um, in the workplace. But at the same time, you have to be able to communicate the steps that you took and where you are and why exactly you're stuck because you have to value and respect other engineers' time. And uh, when we would get stuck in class, um, Alan knew when he should push us to try further and he helped us become more independent, um, which I really think was, you know, even more than the like syntax of a language or the structure of a framework, um, just getting that confidence and understanding when to ask for help and how to ask for help is probably the more valuable piece I took away from LEARN. Yeah, learning how to ask good questions mm -hmm. is really important. And I, I loved how you break it down, the, just the steps of getting somewhere, being able to explain that part of it. That part of, I don't remember who brought this up recently, but you know, one of the reasons why LEARN is called LEARN uh, is, is because of this philosophy of just teaching people how to learn. Mm -hmm. If I can teach you how to learn programming, how to learn to code, then you're going to be successful. The stack the, the languages, the frameworks, the APIs are going to continue to change. But if we can teach you how to get there, how to ask those questions, then that's key. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like you kind of mentioned, like software is a field where you have to constantly be learning. Like we're not using the same conventions that we were using four years ago. You know, um, things evolve that quickly, especially if you're doing JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've now shifted. And it's yeah, now right. a big part of our curriculum. Right. The yeah. curriculum yeah. is completely different even than what we did when we were in school. I Which mean, was we, smart. Yeah. yeah. Although I do have to say, we do still have some Gyron lectures in there just because they're close to our heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's great. Um, is there anything in particular within that within the program that you still use today that is still a part of, you know, what you're doing now? Well, we our tech stack is very similar to what we learned at Learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, you know, we work on over 10 different systems and the majority of them are on Rails. Um, the, almost all of them use some form of JavaScript. Um, we didn't learn React like the current cohorts are, um, but we definitely use React um, in Redux. 
Um, so, you know, in regards to you know, actual languages and frameworks, we're using similar stuff, but we're also had to learn a lot more than we, you know, learn was just a starting point. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and every day we have to learn something now, so. Yeah, you yeah. stepped into a career that's lifelong learning. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the state of discomfort is just a steady state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, kind of going back to what Jenny was saying earlier, um, learning how to kind of explain to someone or communicate the problem that you're having to someone is a skill that I use every day. And that definitely started with my, um, my time at Learn. That's yeah. great. Uh, what would you say on, on the opposite side of that? Like, what were things that you struggled with in the class? Can you remember? I know it was so long ago. I mean, I remember <laughs> JavaScript week, like every day I went home like with a headache from like frowning <laughs> at my screen all day. Um, <laughs> that particularly was hard. Um, but I think a lot of that was just like the foundationals of like learning, like what are what are the different parts of a language? Um, how, how do functions work? How do variables work? Like what's the difference between uh, calling something like in a console versus like running a file, um, like running a script, like by calling the file itself, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think the sheer amount of information we had to take in on a daily basis was just intense. Um, and then one thing I really liked about Learn is I genuinely enjoy coding. Like I look forward to my job every day. Um, but one of the things that is not <laughs> the most fun about being an engineer is that you can't just take all the time in the world. Um, there's time constraints and <laughs> you have to get things done in a timely fashion. So there's there's realistic time pressure on us every single day. And at Learn, I feel like we got a lot of practice with that. Um, it was a very... Um, project runway sort of feel. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. But yeah. It was like, okay, you have until three o'clock, then we're demoing. Yeah. It's yeah. like quick lecture, um, quick discussion, and then off to our stations and yeah, that's pair right. with our partner. And then we presented and you wanted to present something that was visually stimulating and cool and exciting and, and done uh, and done. Oh, <laughs> above all else. Yeah. <laughs> done. Which often didn't happen. No, you're right. Which but, I think is actually a good practice, yeah. Yeah. right? That like presenting things that aren't done and being in that vulnerable mm-hmm. state is yeah. something that happens often, yeah. <laughs> whether you enjoy it or not. Yeah, <laughs> and figuring out how to communicate that and you know get past that. Yeah, I think that was. I think that's a piece I didn't realize until probably the last couple of years how important that was that we had that experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm I'm excited that you compared it to Project Runway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna think about that now. Good that show. Feel free to use that. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you were such big uh, champions of of learn and such a great support for the alumni that came after you. That I, I think that you were integral in in setting up the community that exists now. That we now have a group of almost 300 alumni. That wow. I that you were in the start of that like we've created this space where people can come in and they can you know ask questions and slack channels they can be a part of something and that you guys were there in the very beginning stages of that and 
I think that you've always been so accommodating to like come back and talk to the students, answer questions on Slack. Jenny, you send us so many leads for internship companies and like different things happening that like it's been so wonderful to have that as a part of the community. Can you talk a little bit about that, um, the weight of that and the importance of being a part of something like that? Well, I think um, whenever I come back to like an alumni panel or something like that, I want to model what is expected of, you know, these uh, these young engineers coming out into our community. You know, the, the tech scene in San Diego and, you know, in the entire country is growing, but this is our opportunity to show, uh, show junior engineers what it means to be engaged in the community. Um, so much uh, goodness comes from like sharing resources and being willing to mentor someone um, and give someone the support that they need when they're just starting out to, you know, whether that's like technical assistance with something or just like the confidence to validate their journey and tell them that they can do it. Um, And, you know, we had some of that when we were going through, like, you know, we had alumni from the first two classes coming in um, (laughs) and we had a lot of other support, like community support, I know one of the places that I used to go a lot was SD Ruby, which is our, our local Ruby meetup. Um, a lot of folks from from that community are very supporting and also like very integral in the learn community. Um, but I just see the the opportunity to chat with um, students at learn and, and new alumni as uh, showing them like, yeah, this is what this is where you can get in a couple of years. But also like this experience gets better for everybody the more involved you are. That's yeah. great. That makes my heart <laughs> really happy. <laughs> For me, it's a lot of expressing gratitude. Um, I'm I'm just so grateful to be where I am right now. Um, it was something I wanted so badly, and I made some big risks to to come back to learn. Or, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. But um, I worked so very hard um, to you know be a gap where I am now and to get to be an engineer every day. But I didn't do that on my own. And I'm so grateful for every single person that supported me and helped me and taught me. And if I can give back and support anybody else in that way, I want to do it because I, I know how good it feels to be where I am now. And I want other people to experience that too. That's great. I mean, we understand, we know that everyone that's coming through the program, that they are making big changes in their life and that it is a really big decision to do that and it's so great to be able to point to other people that have made those same choices and because they can come and talk to me or Hillary or anyone on the team or anyone in the community and we can tell them that hey it's going to be okay you're going to make it through you're going to work it out but hearing from alumni about your journey and what you struggled with and what you succeeded at, I think is so valuable to their journey and only helps them to see. And, and I love what you said, Emma, about um, that this is what it means to be a part of it, that it's not just a matter of like, hey, I'm gonna take this advice and then go do my thing, but later I'm gonna come back and do this for someone else. And that, that, is, that attitude I think is what's helped us create the community that we have today with more and more people that are willing and and excited to come back and help that next group of people yeah i think um you you started to talk about your background so we'll we'll jump that we'll jump there um because i think we we get a lot of questions about what does the typical student look like what is where did they come from what are the things 
there there isn't really a, a typical student um, and I think that people come from a lot of different backgrounds um, and, and you talk about that when you talk about your class but I do think that there are a handful of students that come from um, technically peripheral jobs mm-hmm. and I think that both of you kind of have that a little bit in your, yeah. your background that like you were aware of the industry and and where you could go and what you could do in it before you came to learn yes. um, so so Jenny you were uh, in project management before you came for a little over 15 years just, I, I'm gonna just I'll, I'll put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> but but you went to UCSD um, and and got an advanced master's certificate, um, and uh, you were doing that for quite some time before you came in and made that shift. Can you talk a little bit about like what that decision was like, or like what that journey was for you? Yes, I. Honestly, I'm a very risk-averse person, um, which I think also made me a great project manager because I was very good at risk assessment, risk management. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I never thought I would do anything like this. I mean, I had a very stable, successful career, you know, but um, I worked uh, managing IT projects um, and I absolutely loved it. I loved being an integral part of seeing new products get developed and, you know, working from ideation with customers to create custom solutions for them all the way to shipping and managing the development team and just seeing how, you know, everything worked from beginning to end. It was very fulfilling for me, but I wanted to be the creator. I was very envious of the developers and I wanted to learn everything that they knew and so I, I had started taking courses online probably for like a year just for fun. And I literally never intended anything by it. I just wanted to learn and it was really fun. And, and you know, I had an interesting week where I was talking, I talked to an employee of mine and I talked to my husband and they had both like strongly encouraged me to do this and just something clicked and I did research and I found learn and I said, hmm, I'll take this coding test and <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> and before I knew it, I was giving my company a month's notice and going back to school. And I couldn't believe it. Like every step of the way, I could not believe um, that I was doing this. Um, you know, and it was a big risk. I mean, it, it's very tough. I believe Emma said this earlier to go from, you know, being in a career so long and being the SME, you know, being the person that people go to for help to being the person that knows nothing and needs help all the time. Um, it's it's tough on your ego. Um, so I think that was a big growth for me too. And now I really know how that feels too. So I, I love helping other junior engineers grow and support them because I know how uncomfortable that <laughs> is, no matter where you come from. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that I did it. I, I like that you talk about the that aspect of starting over. We, we've we were talking about that recently in in just going through the this process that a lot of our students are uh, have either some college or have gone through a college degree, and that it starts actually in high school that you're like working so hard, you're working so hard, and you're finally you're at the top. You you know you're a senior, you know the most, and then you go into the job market and you're like, oh, I'm at the bottom. <laughs> And then you go to college True. and you start over and you're like a, jun- a freshman and a sophomore and junior senior. Finally, I'm graduating college. I'm at the top. And then you go job hunting. You're like, oh, I'm at the bottom. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and then, you know, a lot of people these days are, are making these like career changes, you know, a little maybe later in life, maybe not really that late in life, but are doing it again, right? And almost forget that feeling of like, okay, I'm going to go through this course and, and keep growing and keep growing. And then, oh, I got to start over. And I think that there's, that it is, it's a little humbling, you know, to, yeah. to like feel like you're at the top of everything. And then maybe even going through the cohort, you're the top of your class mm-hmm. and you do, and then you go in, you're like, and I'm a junior. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to work my way up <laughs> at this point. But I think that, I mean, it's such a life cycle, right? Like you don't, it's not a, a straight, shot right we're not just going to continue growing and growing and growing until we are no longer right that like admitting and understanding that process is really hard and important I think absolutely and so forcing yourself to do it again (laughs) it was it was such a good experience I feel like I grew as a person a lot from going through that and taking that risk and learning to code changes you like I feel like my brain changed I think of things in a different way. I don't know yeah. if you experienced yeah. that, but um, I, I I think I do and process things differently all the time now. Um, so I I don't regret it at all. I mean, maybe I have some days where I'm like, why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Emma and I were just talking about our favorite meme, developer meme, and it's uh, it's split up into two pieces, and one side is a guy, of course, saying, <laughs> I am a god. And on the other side, it's like a dog and he's in front of a computer and he says, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> and we were talking about how we basically oscillate between those two. But unfortunately, we're mostly on the dog side. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, I think that it happens more often in life than people give it credit, right? Like, yeah, we definitely. deal with that often at work, at home, like friends, family, you deal with that, that kind of relationship of like, I had a great day. Oh, gosh, I'm the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You just got to hold on to the great day for longer. And yeah, they always yes. are a little bit more fleeting, though. Than the, I have <laughs> yeah. no idea what I'm doing. Well, I think that's the like societal problem of like right. not taking more time to celebrate wins that Absolutely. we do like definitely spending too much time on the losses or the failures. Well, it's just like, you know, when you're coding, you have like a brief success. And you're like, yes. Okay, so on good. to the next problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's yeah. always another problem to solve. Right, right. We talk about that a lot in the classroom of like taking the time to celebrate that. In fact, we try and encourage them to come into the admin office and like give us a high five or a hug or something because like we don't ever get to see oh, it. Oh, I and love so that. Like, Just come and give us a high five when you do something you're really excited about because I, you know, I don't get to see that. Very yeah. Often. Those moments, I mean, that's what we live for. Right. Our, we had a big high five this week. I remember yeah. we were so excited. You know, and it's like you have to live for those moments because you may have a couple of days where you don't have one. So, yeah, I'm coming off right. of a few days of that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're here recording a great podcast and exactly. having good conversations. Yes, exactly. We're all the- smiles here. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and it won't ma- it won't mean it much to the listening audience, but it is Friday afternoon mm-hmm. and a good way to end the week. Absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so circling back, uh, Emma. So you come from more of a marketing background, right? Um, and did a lot of work with Chapman University mm-hmm. while you were in attendance there. 
Um, what was your experience in the marketing industry and, and what kind of led you towards this career change? Yeah, so um, I was earlier in my career. Um, I did a lot of like student affairs work. I had a lot of different kinds of jobs when I was in college, um, but then I graduated. My, my degree is in business administration with an emphasis on marketing and I was always really interested in communication and the way like brands communicate their messages to consumers. Um, so I wanted to kind of stay in that space, but I was having a lot of trouble finding jobs that kind of fit that. Um, I found my college, I didn't really feel like, um, prepared me for the job search that I ended up doing. Uh, and so I jumped around a lot. Um, I ended up in a an e-commerce company that sold jewelry supplies. Um, and I was a marketing content developer. So basically I wrote the uh, copywriting for uh, landing pages and I also coded the HTML for <laughs> new landing pages for new like product collections and stuff. So I didn't even have like, access to the style sheet, but I was like learning like, oh, you substitute like the href and change out the link and that sort of thing. Um, for us. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was you know it was pretty crafty, um, but it kind of showed me like, oh, these are like the foundational like building blocks of like HTML at least. Um, but I was you know not making a lot of money and not feeling like there was a lot of like opportunity for growth at that company. Um, and I ended up deciding I was living in LA at the time and I decided that I wanted to move back to San Diego, which is like where I grew up. Um, so I was like kind of starting to look for jobs down here, not having a lot of luck. Um, and then I also I read a New York Times article about coding schools um, and how they were like a quick way to kind of jump into, uh, you know, a new um, <laughs> a new field. I mean, like quick, you know, yeah. but I was like, I was thinking about going back to uh, grad school. I applied for a master's in social work program. Um, I actually got in, but weighing the pros and cons, I'm like, okay, two years of grad school or like, yeah. in, like a lot of money or um, going back for an undergrad and in like uh, in computer science, like that's a lot of time and a lot of money. And I ended up saying, okay, well, you know what? Like this is four months out of the, uh, the workforce. And if I do this, um, and want to pivot to be in software, then that's great. I learn new skills. And if not, these are still skills that are complementary to the other like business and marketing skills that I already have. So I was like, either way, this is a step forward for me. So I'm just going to do it. And, you know, thank God my parents were like, yeah, you can move back in with us. Like, we'll support <laughs> you with this. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't. But um, yeah, like I said earlier, like it was the best possible decision I could have made for my career. But in this- I agree. Like the, <laughs> the decision though went from like, three weeks um, to like of like finding out what code schools were and then like learning enough JavaScript to like do the coding test and um, interviewing and then like moving out of my apartment, quitting my job and like moving back to San Diego. It was like three weeks. So yeah. fast. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a good decision. It was like a, a fast decision that was also a long time coming, I think. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, especially having like dabbled in it, I guess, mm -hmm. like having that experience with HTML beforehand gives you a little bit of a, I don't know. I mean, I thought I knew what I was doing going in. Sure. <laughs> I think totally. I, I definitely <laughs> had no idea like what the what the life of a software engineer looks like. Um, but I was lucky that I did have a lot of friends from college who uh, majored in computer science. And so I was like pinging people on Facebook saying like, hey, OK, this school teaches this language and this school teaches this language. Like, which one should I learn? <laughs> and so um, they, they said, yeah, Rails is is widely used and, you know, kind of the happening thing. So yeah. go with that one. I'm like, OK. <laughs> do that one. <laughs>
that's funny. Um, I don't think I realized that you were that you were you, you grew up here in mm-hmm. San Diego. Yep, both oh. of us. You both. I did too. Yeah. Get out. I don't think I knew that. This is a maybe I did. It's very rare. It, they're never allowed in three like three, <laughs> three people together in, in one, one room. I know. Yeah. They say it's rare, although I. Yeah, but everybody who says that is not from here. <laughs> yeah, right. We do. I mean, there are a lot of tra- transplants. Yeah. yeah. Know, that's a weird word. Uh, but okay, that was a divergence. Today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, heard you, I heard you say that, and I was like, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I told you there was going to be things I was going to learn about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. you So, you, you both decide to go through the course. You had uh, a, a pretty awesome group of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, um, I've, I've always really, you, you both have had very different uh, job search trajectories. Yeah. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about like what happened immediately after the program, um, moving into like the growth of where you are now. Um, that we're, you know, fortunate that, you know, you've been working for as software developers for some time now. Um, so Emma, in your... Um, Search, you did a lot of like networking to try and find the right company. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of talk about that yeah. process? Yeah, definitely. So I was attending a lot of meetups. Um, I was trying to uh, leverage the contacts that I already had um, from people coming in to learn. Like we had a lot of people come in and lecture um, or uh, chat about us or chat about like doing internships with us. And so I followed up with a lot of those connections, um, thinking like that's a good like foot in the door. Um, Lisa Rosenfeld, who was the community manager at the time at Learn, was also like super instrumental in like all of my leads. Like she would send me uh, messages saying, like oh so and so is hiring like you should apply for this this position so I would put in applications at all of those um, but I also felt really strongly that it needed to be a good fit and it needed to be um, like you know I knew I knew I was a good learner but I didn't know very much and so my first job out of code school I really felt strongly had to be somebody who was willing to invest in me and invest in my growth um, so I ended up applying um, for uh, an apprenticeship program um, with Zeal which is where I ended up working for um, about three and a half years um, and so I was lucky enough to be hired as an apprentice where like my job was to learn for six months um, so I actually relocated to Southern Oregon where they they are based um, for my training period and then um, when I was finished with my training period got the chance to move back down here and worked remotely for them ever since until I came along <laughs> moved her away yeah. <laughs> I heard from like different sources that this was happening I know uh, it's a, it, yeah all good things yes um, so Jenny for after the program you you went through the internship program and then was hired on through the company that you interned with Yes, Correct. I felt very lucky. I know that doesn't happen very often. I mean, good amount. It ha- did it's happen to other people. Thirty-five, forty percent. Oh, that's pretty them. good, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, mm. it varies. It depends on the pool of people, I guess. Yeah. But it varies per cohort. But okay. um, we find that if the if the company is coming in looking to hire, that they eighty percent of the time find the person they're looking for. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on the amount of companies that are looking to hire that come in. But yeah, whatever their needs are. Yeah. 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 It ended up being a great match. So um, I was very lucky. I I finished my internship with Parallel 6 um, in December, the end of December. And then they didn't hire me until February because of like the holidays and background checks. And it just seemed to take forever. So um, 
I'm a planner and like I said, risk averse. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I also wanted the experience of interviewing, of you know, doing technical interviews because that's a whole nother skill set yeah. um, that's good to practice and hone. And so I did my fair share of interviewing um, in that month. And Rob was actually very helpful to me. Um, I, I would reach out to him and say, you know, have you heard of this company? And then he almost, he knows somebody everywhere. He would that's almost true. always say, yes, I know this guy. I'll put in a good word for you. I mean, just that was one of the big draws with Learn is just the sheer amount of community um, support you guys have. I mean, you guys just know so many people and are so, um, you know, you have your hands on the pulse of the, the market here. So you immediately come out and learn and gain this network and it's it's invaluable. Um, but so that was great. So I got the experience um, of interviewing a lot, um, learned a lot <laughs> from those experiences. Um, and I was able to accept the offer from Parallel 6 knowing that it was still a good decision and it wasn't not it wasn't my only option so um so it was great and i worked there for a few years and then my current company contacted me via linkedin and is um, it cold yes okay and uh, <laughs> we get a lot of um contacts <laughs> in linkedin sure. but they um stuck out so much that um, I actually spent hours reading their blogs and looking on their website. I think the thing that really got me is that they said they were at Liberty Station, which is five minutes from my house. <laughs> I was like, wait, easy. what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, there's Rails devs in my backyard? <laughs> um, but the company is incredible. I mean, they are so focused on culture and work-life balance, and it's authentic. It's not just something they say so they can win you know, one of the best companies to work for. It's Which it's they real. did recently. Which they did. Right. Right. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we did. It's great. Um, but it's it's 100% authentic, and I've never worked for a company like this. Um, they, they encourage us to do charity work. They give us paid time at work to do charity work. Awesome. I'm actually going to go um, volunteer at a prison <laughs> next week. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and during work hours. So. Yeah. Um, and they're... And, and the team is just wonderful. Our product team is incredible. It's very diverse. Um, and we, you know, we work really hard, but nobody expects you to, you know, abandon your family and your friends and your lifestyle for work. And it's just, it's exactly everything I'd always wanted. Um, so plan on being there for a long time well I think it was it was really telling too when Jenny was telling me like hey they're hiring and like let me tell you about the company I work for people stay there for a really long time you know she's talking about people who have like left the team after 10 years or 12 years I'm just like wow like if it's it's hard to leave that sort of company and that sort of team like that's a place really where you want to be which made me feel really good about joining that team as well yeah that's great um, can you tell me, just to go back a little bit to, uh, for both of you, kind of talking about your, mm, how your educational growth happened over the last few years, moving from more of a junior to a mid-level developer, what was that experience like? Um, even what would be your like definition of those two roles? Hmm. I think everyone has different definitions of junior, mid, and senior. Um, and I've tried to not let other people's definitions define me or affect me because for me, when I reach those different levels, it's going to be a feeling. Um, I, I knew when I was reaching mid-level when I became more confident and independent 
And I was able to focus more on the big picture of projects and how certain features or bug fixes affected things overall and in the long term. And, you know, I went from just being an implementer to designing and architecting, you know, how I was going to move forward and doing that on my own, presenting it to the team and moving along. And so I think independence um, is a big thing you learn. Um, and also being able to support and mentor less experienced devs, I think, is a great opportunity because it strengthens your skills a lot. Um, so. I think a lot of people just focus on like the years of experience, but it's really different for everybody. Everybody grows at different paces, and so I think it's a very individual decision. Yeah, personally. that's an interesting thing. I do think that a lot of times it is companies or hiring managers maybe that like need those years to mean something, mm -hmm. right? The two years or three years or ten years or whatever it is like means that you know certain things, but I think that you're right, that it is such an individualized thing. And then it's really on the company to kind of help you to understand what that means within that organization. Absolutely. Did you have um, the balance of, at either organization, of like junior, mid, senior developers on your team? Was that like a helpful, mm, uh, tool to use? Absolutely. I, I, I've, I know companies have a hard time hiring juniors. Nobody wants to take that time to invest in them, yeah, but that's true. it's, it's, it's so worth it. I mean, I, I mean, I think because I had a career for so long too, I, I didn't have to learn a lot of the um, newer skills as like someone just coming out of college. Um, and I did need some support, but I was also able to be independent. Um, and not take up too much of their time, but the seniors in the mids that helped me grow, I mean, it, it definitely paid off for them because I was able to contribute to them in other ways based on my past and quickly get up to speed and take work off their plate. Um, so, I mean, that's the ideal situation. And, you know, and I, I stayed there for a few years at my first position and, you know, gave back. So it's not like I grew and was gone, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, we had the la the two companies I've worked as a developer at. It was a great balance. That's great. Yeah. Emma, talk, tell me a little bit about your that educational journey for you. I know you especially went through a, a slightly more structured uh, apprenticeship program. Yeah. That like helped you through becoming that junior and then growth beyond that? Yeah, yeah. My first couple of months were pretty structured where I was doing a lot of like on the job learning and a lot of like direct sh um, shadowing and pairing in with like the more senior developers. I don't know if I mentioned this, but the company I worked for was also a consultancy. Um, so we were in kind of a unique position in that like our job um, was to like amplify a team um, and either build a product for them or assist their own developers in um, in building something and also train uh, and support their developers to be able to continue to maintain and develop this project like when we were no longer on the team. Um, so with that kind of being the context in the industry in which I was like learning and growing, it was challenging at times for me because I was the most junior person in the room by decades compared to some people. Um, and uh, I just like, I always felt like there was like such a huge knowledge gap. Um, but as I like, you know, after I 
completed my apprenticeship and was like working, you know, just as a junior member on the team. Um, you know, kind of like what Jenny was saying, like I was, uh, I was like building. I was an implementer for a while, but mm-hmm. as I grew in experience, I was able to um, make more suggestions or be able to like catch things that maybe somebody else missed. Um, there was a period of time. Um, where I was actually the only uh, the only consultant on a on a team, um, and so it was like mostly there was a short period of time where it was like me and like the client, and that was about it. You know, uh, I would meet with the client and work on some stuff, and um, when we had availability from another engineer, we'd pull them in. Like they'd help me work on stuff, but um, I was really anchoring that team, and that made me grow a lot. Um, and I was on that project for a long time. Um, the client ended up hiring a couple of other developers. Um, and so I got to kind of like be a part of that team as it grew and as the priorities changed. Um, but it was a great experience for me to kind of be the voice of my team um, for that client and be like, here's what I would do. Like, here's some advice, here's some gotchas. Um, here's the work I've done so far. Um, it was a really great experience for me. And I continued after moving off of that project, I think I continued to play a larger role in other projects that I was on um, afterwards. And that kind of signal, signaled the shift for me, I think, uh, into a more mid-level. That's great. Um, y- y- we've, we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but I want to talk a little bit about the work-life balance um, I know that's a very like catchy thing to say. Yeah, it's very popular and, now. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but I've, I've actually always really respected the, the both of you have been so open about talking about that and balancing um, both like coming in and volunteering with us, but also like being a part of the community and doing things outside of LEARN. Um, that it it is really easy for our students to get to burn out by the end of the course. Yeah. And, and then also, I think, easy for developers to run into the burnout wall. Um, do you have, what kind of tips would you give somebody going through a course or developers in trying to make that? What do you do? I mean, I for me, work-life balance is very important, but it's a challenge for myself, sometimes even more than my employer, <laughs> um, because I tend to hyper-focus and have a hard time letting go of things. Um, especially coding. Um, if you, it's really hard to walk away at the end of the day not understanding something and not being done with something. I don't know if you've experienced that, but sometimes I just have to like yank myself away and like go home to my family. Yeah. Um, so I think being very conscious and aware of that and knowing that if you don't force yourself to take breaks, that you're not going to be performant the next day. Um, if, if you get enough rest and you take good care of yourself, your brain is gonna be intact and it's gonna serve you well. And if not, you're gonna be useless to everyone. So you have to take care of yourself um, and make sure that you're getting rest and give your mind a break. I remember at Learn, and this still happens now, but I, I would be so frustrated about something, it just would not click. And then I would literally dream about it did you ever do that? Yeah, I had I had some coding <laughs> dreams for sure. Oh my gosh, I would dream and I wake up in the morning and first thing I would be like, oh, I mean that happens so <laughs> often. I, it, it's it, you're you just need rest. Yeah. Um. So it's really good. That's one of the reasons I like Gap is they understand that they encourage us to walk away from our desks, to change our space, go work at the coffee shop, 
they um, they really understand the way people work and and they support that, which is good. That's great. What about you, Emma? What do you do to fight the burnout? Well, I um, I think a lot of it comes down to choosing um, the company culture that you work with and work in. I've been lucky that both of my industry jobs have, have now um, been with companies that are very protective of employees' time off and um, care about the employee's well-being because they recognize that um, the well-being of the individual also hugely impacts the well-being of the company. Um, I uh, I think something really important is to have other hobbies outside of coding. <laughs> um, you know, maybe that's also because like I don't like coding isn't everything to me. Um, I had a lot of interests coming into code school, and like now, even though I'm working, like like coding to me is just a job. Um, and the more time you spend outside of it, um, the more you grow. Um, but to a point, you know, if you are if you are stressing yourself out with like thinking that you need to be further ahead than you are, then it's it's ultimately just going to hurt your um, your mental health and your well being overall. Um, so I think. Uh, when I was in code school, I would not code at home. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even look at my computer. I would just put it away. You know, try and be off of social media. You know, to some extent, at least, um, try to save the screen time for the workday. And I think I still do that to some extent. Um, I'm a little bit more flexible with myself now. And now also that I'm further along in my career, I can make more structured goals for myself. I think than I used to be able to, um, and actually like make my my extracurricular learning more useful. Yeah, I, you know, coding is really fun for me. I I know some people it's, you know, it's a job. I think it's still fun for Emma. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But when it doesn't feel fun, I notice that I may possibly be getting burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I'm very conscious of that. And I make sure I find a way to make it fun again. So usually that means like learning something new and taking like a fun course or just engaging myself in that way and reminding myself how much fun it is. Usually it gets, when it's not fun, it's just because there's a lot of time pressure to get things done. Um, and and luckily for us, that's not an everyday thing. Yeah, well the other thing that um, I think is, is interesting is um, you can make it fun again by getting a quick win. Um, if you can like like True. find some way to like have a little success, like that can kind of stoke the fire again and um, reinvest yourself in into the work. So you know if we're like really frustrated with like a really complex part of like the epic that we're working on, we might say, oh, are there any bug tickets that like we can go and fix real fast? Like if we can knock something out, still sh- show some progress to our team, um, then that can kind of be a way to like rejuvenate us and still have done something positive. Yeah, and, you know, we do that sometimes, like, we'll be working on a ticket for a very long time, maybe, or longer, maybe it feels like a very long time, and we'll give each other a break. Yeah. So someone may be struggling, and, you know, maybe we'll pair together to figure it out, or we'll just completely let them move on to something else. It doesn't mean that they weren't good enough to do it. It's just kind of one of those things where you can stare at something right in front of your face, and you just don't see it, um, because you're just too close to it. So I, I think stepping away and giving yourself a break is important. Yeah, I, I love that idea of, one, giving yourself a break. I also, going back to something you said, Emma, about uh, feeling like you're not doing enough or you're not going, you're not further enough in your career or in your day or in your code base or what whatever it is, is not enough. And it's something that 
recently that word has kind of changed its value for myself mm-hmm. in just being enough is good. And I think that that is such a hard uh, lesson to learn. I don't I don't know if it like just growing up, it became this like enough was not enough. Yeah. But, like it was never enough. Um, and so just trying to change the way I look at that word and what I do in my career at home at like and my work life has always been about boundaries mostly because my work is at home and at everywhere yeah um and so it it was all about like defining that but then it got to this place where I I was constantly feeling like I wasn't doing enough we weren't like going to enough meetups we weren't like I wasn't you know, speaking enough, I wasn't talking to enough people, I wasn't, like, it just balloons into a bigger thing. And yeah. so, to me, that word, it, redefining what it meant to me, and that enough was good, that yeah. I was doing enough, and that that was okay. And I could just leave it at that. I, I really identify with that. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to grow very quickly, because I wanted to catch up. I wanted to be in a similar role that I was in. I wanted a similar salary. Um, so I, and I thought, I don't have that much time. I do. Unfortunately, I have a lot of time left to work. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt that way. Yeah. And so, like, I needed to learn so many things so quickly and take so many classes. And I think I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do a lot after work. And um, like Emma said, n- now it can be more directed and more structured um, now that I really know what I need to learn and when. Because um, at first you're just like, I need to learn everything. And mm-hmm. you really do. <laughs> but you can't learn everything all at once. And if you try, you're not going to learn anything well. So, yeah, I think maybe for me personally, it took a little time for me to realize that and to try to focus. Um, but I really take to heart what you just said about being <laughs> enough. I, I can work on that. <laughs> it's definitely. And I think, I mean, personally for me, it was when we had Ruby that like uh-huh. all of a sudden I was like, oh, my priorities are, yeah. I don't even know where they are now. Like, and that the, when you, I don't know, when you're watching a little person grow time and, and everything changes in a way you don't you just have never seen it change that yeah. way before. Yeah. And that you're priorities at work and at home are so different and you're pulled in so many different directions Mm -hmm. that you're like okay this is it's just enough what I'm doing is good it's good for work it's good for home it's good for Ruby it's good the the working on myself is the harder part because you tend to like oh I don't need to do that I'm going to take care of everyone else first but anyway but for me it's like I've just focused on that word for like trying to find that balance in my life of it can just be enough and that's great yeah that's a really good lesson to take to heart yeah i'm not good at it yet but, <laughs> but i recognize that that's what i yeah. need to work on yeah um, it's it's all about balance yeah trying to get it all in sync and it's not always gonna especially when it comes to kiddos it's not always gonna <laughs> no get, be the balance that you need it to be but we could all do better yeah i mean that's <laughs> life yeah. We can always do better. Yeah. <laughs> We're never true. enough. Oh, man. Oh, look, we just <laughs> went full circle. <laughs> well, Dang it. We'll do some group right. therapy later. Yeah, we got to <laughs> practice that one. <laughs> but what I am excited about is that you're both in an organization now that sounds like they really take care of you and your lives and both your personal life and your professional life also in the growth there that the culture 
seems to be something that really supports you as an individual. Definitely. Absolutely. Then GAP is huge on goal setting too. So not only is work-life balance important, but professional development is very important. Um, We have what we call a dev day at least once a month. Um, Emma hasn't experienced one yet. It's coming up next sprint, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great day. I mean, it's a great day to um, rejuvenate from burnout if you're dealing with that. Um, It's a great day to learn something new, you know, like um, I spent a lot of, of my dev days working on React and Redux because I wanted to really hone those skills. Um, but um, other devs will take a Swift course, like, you know, every for like three months study or, you know, whatever they need to do. Um, so it's kind of like a professional development day, but it's also could be a fun project runway type day because <laughs> we do an, a demo at the end of the day and present to the whole company. And there's beverages and it's it's kind of a joy jovial type of feel um so you know it really depends on how you're feeling that day and how you want to take it but um the fact that the company makes time for us to do that and encourages us to do that is is great it's very valuable um they're very smart though i mean they (laughs) they know that you know happy healthy um educated employees are dedicated and loyal and take ownership of projects and you know it's it works it does I think it's a really cool opportunity to allow like the team to kind of explore their creativity and like build some fun things I mean I think the goal setting application that like the entire company now uses came out of a dev day project Um, so it's like it's a goal tracker where everybody can like kind of log in set goals um, set like list ideas of like things they might want to turn into goals create milestones for that goals um, make it so that the CEO of the company can also see the goals (laughs) and like give a high five when you like complete something it's really cool is it like a goals for personal goals or like project both you can use it for both oh cool so like you know say you have a goal to learn Swift you know there's we our application what Emma was talking about it's called high five and you create a goal and your manager can see it or you can keep it completely private and then you'll create the milestones and you know mark them off as you go or you can have a goal to work out three times a week for the next six weeks. So it's, they encourage both. Cool. Um, and we have one-on-ones on a weekly basis, uh, meetings with our manager, and we discuss our goals and you know, keep each other accountable, and it's, it's great. That's awesome. It is. I'm, a, I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, I'll talk to you yeah. and yeah. show you. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of that but I don't have a system to like track it, but that's very exciting. Maybe you me. need a dev day to build one. Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> we have rails. lots of dev days. Yeah. I feel like. Oh yeah, your life we, is a dev day. We, we, we do a lot of learning. Yeah, <laughs> constant. Well, being an entrepreneur, it's like well, every day. Yeah, constantly and learning. night too. Um, cool. So that kind of goes into this a little bit, but can you guys tell me a little bit about like what, what does your a typical day look like? I come in, I smile because Emma's there now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we we have a couple different teams. Um, so our teams, we kind of set our scrum schedule and we have a team in Tushkin, Uzbekistan. And they aren't just an outsource team, they are employees and they're part of our company. We talk to them and see them every day. So um, Emma and I are on a team right now and we meet with our Tushkent team members 
um, once a day, either 8 a.m. San Diego time or 8 a.m. Um, their time. Um, so we, we change every other week and we all work together to pick the schedule um, to make it work best for everybody. But it's great. It's like we, we really get to know them and we hand things off to each other. So we get 24-hour um, work, uh, which is great, especially on bug tickets um, or any maintenance type work. Um, but we learn a lot from them and they learn a lot from us and um, it's been a good experience so far. How has that been yeah, for you? Yeah, it's been really interesting. It's been an interesting um, adjustment uh, to like working. It's interesting as well. I don't think I've been a part of a team that has had so many different applications, um, like responsible for different areas of business logic. Um, so right now we're on the support team, um, which deals with more bug fixes and like kind of coming back and like revisiting and like polishing up things that like maybe are broken or or um, could be working a little bit more optimally. Um, whereas the other team is more of the feature team that's pushing um, the major initiative, the major business initiative for the period of time forward. So they're doing like feature development work and we are um, we are everything else. Keeping um, the lights on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, our motto is keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. So it's been really cool to um, to learn those systems um, and I haven't touched all of them yet but being on the support team for the duration of my time with Gap um, has allowed me to kind of um, learn the system by fixing things that are broken um, which has been an awesome experience and it's been an awesome experience as well to have a counterpart uh, in Tushkent who like pushes forward the work that I wasn't able to complete in a day um, and also like gives me ideas you know at the end of, of uh, his day will say okay well here's what I did so I think next steps are this this and this and I'll be like okay that's a great idea let me try that and see how it goes that's interesting I know it's I, I <laughs> when I left parallel six to come there I was like handoffs wait what and I I couldn't imagine how it would work and it works great that, so. hmm. I, it, that makes me think of a few different things but <laughs> I know that um, so recently I watched I was watching an episode of ER okay randomly um, and the, so that that's kind of what they they do. It's yeah. Like at the end of the day, the end they're, of the shift, like yeah. lead, whatever, like go through the patients that are there and then hand it off to the next yeah. doctor to like take it. Yeah. What an interesting uh, model. I don't think I've heard of that before. Mostly, I'm thinking I need to tell Rob about this so that he does not get um, server alerts in the middle of the night anymore. Yeah. Like that would be really cool. <laughs> it's great because we have 24-hour support and it really hones your communication skills. Mm -hmm. um, the guys speak great English, but they're still, um, you know, there's still it's still a second language for them, which can yeah. be challenging. Um, but we all have to communicate very well to make sure we set the our counterpart up for success. And um, so it's like you have a shadow, like you are assigned to a specific person or no. to a no, team? It just, it just kind of ends up being like, typically there will be like two different people working on like one long live ticket. Got it. Um, so, you know, I had a story that I worked on for about a week or a week and a half and um, the same person was, was picking it up. And so we kind of ended up being like handing the same thing back and forth. But yeah. then when we move on to a different ticket, like it might be somebody else who picks up, you know, where I left Got off. It. Got it. I bet there would be some benefit to working with this same person mm -hmm. a, a, a few times over to like help with that communication yeah totally barrier because there's a, I mean yes uh, English is a tricky language yeah and so getting the nuances of that and understanding mm -hmm. when you are using one of those nuances you mm -hmm. know to yeah. communicate something 
That's, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that. we have some funny moments. <laughs> Our boss actually just went to Tashkent for a week, Katie, and she had an amazing time. And But they, it was funny the things that they asked her. Um, <laughs> certain things that we say, we never knew that they didn't know what we meant. So, you know, you have to try to be clear in yeah. your communication. Totally. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I was wanted to talk to the two of you is early on when we started Learn, trying to create an environment that was kind of cyclical and that get to a point where we have alumni that graduate, they're then eventually like answering questions in Slack, right? And that keeps going, right? Mm-hmm. Alumni are then um, answering the questions that, you know, at, when we first started, it was mostly Rob and Matt, like trying right. to field all the questions. <laughs> and then eventually got to the point where I remember the, the day we, the first time we had a, an alumni come back and like Aww. answer a question was like, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's working. Um, but what then grew from that is that we then had, uh, have students come back and become internship partners, mm-hmm. right? That they are yeah. then mentoring like the next step, which at Gap Intelligence, maybe taking on interns at some point in the future. Um, but then I love hearing the stories where, you know, you guys are now like hiring each other and being a part of that uh, story. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit? You don't have to tell me all the dirty secrets or anything <laughs> of, of you, you going and finding out. Well, I remember leaving our class and thinking, I hope I get to work with some of these people. Yeah. I mean, they're great. And you learn to communicate in a way that um, people that don't go through boot camp don't really learn um, because we paired all day Mm -hmm. Um, so we had we were forced to be able to explain exactly what we were thinking and what we were doing and it had to be verbal and had to be out loud and um, so being able to work with someone that knows how to do that with you is is great Um, but Emma in particular the minute I found out we were learning and we were hiring um, I was like I'm gonna get her (laughs) (laughs) you did it (laughs) I knew that she loved zeal but I thought she's been there long enough Adam can't be too mad at me at this point (laughs) we're taking her away and so I asked her to come to lunch with me and I just told her everything like I I mean which is not something you usually get about a job like I literally told her everything and she had the opportunity to ask me all these questions because I knew it was going to be a big step if she decided to take it. It's hard to leave somewhere you're happy, you know, and doing well. Right. Um, so uh, one of the things that I appreciated about Emma back then and now, I mean, it's just it's even better is the way we work through things together. She's very good at verbalizing and explaining where she is and, um, you know, with a problem. And it's been so nice working with you again already. So, um worked well for me. Yeah, I was, very, I was very happy to have some insight, like going into the interview and like feel like I had a good sense. And, you know, really Jenny being able to communicate like the goods and the bads of, you know, working for this company for for so long at this point um, Nothing made bad. me <laughs> it made me feel better, you know, uh, having like really an honest opinion um, and also like knowing something like going in. So like when I actually did um, interview, um, a lot of the things were were somewhat familiar to me um, 
And uh, really, I just was so excited to like be working with a friend. And also, I had been a remote for three years, so I was getting kind of lonely working in my house with my dog all the time. <laughs> so um, it was like it was time for a change. And so this has been a really great opportunity for me to be coming in. And it's a very different style of coding because um, you know a lot of what we're what we're working on is acquiring data um, and then manipulating that data. Um, large data sets is, is something that's really interesting. It's not, it's actually not something I've worked a lot with. Um, and, uh, you know, we do some, some crawling of sites to get information off of, off of websites. And um, that ends up being like completely different from any sort of like Rails application I've ever worked on. So um, it's been really interesting so far. And already, you know, I'm a month in and I've learned a ton. That's awesome. I think that that's so, one, it's really fortunate to have that experience going into an interview. And I think it's, it's more common these days that you can, you know, we, we talk to our students about if you know somebody at the company to reach out to them. And this is kind of a, a you know, one of the things that can happen from that is that you can get uh, the inside scoop. You can mm-hmm. learn more about whether it is a really good fit for you or not. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, you're fortunate to have that. Yeah, I, I whenever I went to speak to an alum, well, as an alumni to one of the current cohorts, I always told them, make friends, make connections, you will hire each other. Mm-hmm. And I finally got to do that. I was like <laughs> so excited. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, other people in our cohort have worked together. Yeah. Um, well, and actually, you even also worked with a Learn alumni at your right. last job. I worked with Tommy. Yeah, he wasn't um, from our cohort. But... He was the second one. He was the one oh, right before us. Great. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I had in my head that you guys were in the same cohort, but Tommy was right before you. I thought he was after uh, us, actually. He was right before yeah, us. Yeah, he was in the second class. Yeah. So I need to check, see how he's doing these days. But yeah, that was great, actually, to work with Tommy, too. Yeah, I think that that is is definitely one of the benefits of going to a a boot camp, whether it's Learn or another boot camp, is that you are coming into this community, and the more involved you can get, uh, not just with your own cohort, but with the other alumni there, Mm -hmm. that they all know what you went through. Absolutely. and, And can, you know, empathize with that. And I think... You can use those resources, and you should use those resources. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, just as we kind of wrap up, um, is there anything, any like piece of advice or anything that you would give to a current student or a potential student or an alumni? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. I mean, I definitely don't regret it. And I, I know that not everybody ends up in the same spot where Emma and I are now. But we, we in our cohort, we have people that are like UX, UI designers at Intuit. I mean, it's like everyone's path is going to be different. But the skills that you learn at Learn <laughs> are invaluable and will, you know, t- set you up for success in any career, I think, that you choose. Um, so... Yeah, I think what's interesting to me is that we've had so many people that uh, have gone through our course and actually ended up in the careers that you left, mm-hmm. right? That we've, we've had a handful of students that discovered project management yeah. and were like, right. I'm really good at this and are now like really succeeding in that part of their, you know, in part of the career tra- trajectory. And same with marketing. Yeah. Like a lot of students are like, oh, 
I'm a more valuable marketer because I have this skill and now I can, you know, you know, take these other things. And so it really does open you up to a whole world of different career paths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we always talk about like how you learn, like how to code, like at learn, but you also learn process. You also learn communication. You also learn leadership and management of teams. You learn delegation and division of labor. And all of those things are essential in any role in a tech industry and like you know every industry is a tech industry now Um, these skills are invaluable everywhere right it it always surprises me when a a student comes back and like gets a job in a industry that I was like they have a dev team like I didn't even think (laughs) about that but of course they have a dev team like Rob's been doing a lot of projects with library systems Mm. and so he's been doing a lot of work in the university university libraries that have a whole dev team right not something I like never thought of that but of course they do yeah. like that's a lot of data that you have to <laughs> manage Absolutely. but uh, it is it's just growing that there's going to be more and more opportunities out there yeah so great well thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on Friday and now we can go and into the weekend and after a great conversation um I I you know I'm very grateful that you know we never got to like pick the people that came into our classes but we are really grateful to have had you as a part of this community and as part of our little family and i'm really really thankful for that well we appreciate you too thank you so much for this opportunity and for having us today yeah Yeah, it's always good to catch up with you same same and to you thanks for listening here's to another episode of collaboration code radio have a great day